And that, as, as I was returning it to the proper thing it's supposed to be. So as you see, taco machine, tacos are not sandwiches. Kevin? Ke- Yo, uh, yeah. my Irish brother. What? What are you doing? Well, the taco machine is malfunctioning from exposure in the vacuum of space. I think so. I'm disproving the cube rule as I'm trying to affix it that I just brought back. What? Why? Um, Why? I, 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 I literally, okay. First of all, last uh, week when you went out in space, yes. that was a mistake. I told Why you guys was I was ordering, I told you guys I was ordering a new one. Well, you know what? Sometimes I, I can't understand what you say because you mumble sometimes. So this was just Squid's idea, okay? Somebody needs to go back to surfing the cosmos. Why? Why? Why this time? Are you ready to discover a world of terrible movies? High above the planet Geekery, three brave individuals, with the help of other friends, work through a list of terrible movies to discover one simple truth. Are they better than people think? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Grab your popcorn. Grab your favorite snack. And get ready to find out. Hello and welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the show where we watch critically terrible films so that you don't have to. The Bottom Shelf is an extension of Geek Devotions, the show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. So if you don't watch past this moment, I hope you do, but if you don't, know this. You're loved, you're cared for, there is a plan and a purpose for your life. That being said, I am Branson, and with me today is our motley crew of film reviewers first off we've got uh i guess the captain of the crew mr dallas mora hey what's going on guys happy to be upon here uh not having an existential crisis like our taco machine yeah i i still feel really bad about that the taco thing hasn't worked since i've gotten here it, it didn't work before you oh, okay, either. Good, good, good. wait is this the one with with the game in it no oh no? i've heard about that one i hope it's what not now? No, nothing, John. Nothing. Speaking of which, let's let's move on with that. The next guy up we have is my hetero husband number three. Actually, no, you're my number one. I'm your number three. The one, the only John Haru. That's me. And see, Dallas, he can pronounce my last name right. <laughs> Don't be bitter, John. Okay, Dallas Morey. <laughs> That's Amore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and back on the ship with us from his venturing to find the taco machine is our resident Irishman, Kevin Burnham. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for that, Mr. Nostalgia Critic. By the way, are people watching us or listening to us? Listening to us. Okay, you said thank you for watching us, so I was just making sure. Did I say that? (laughs) I'm sorry. Yep, this is my first time handling the intro. I'm still new. And joining us once again, our very special guest, the one and only Squid from Playing Games with Strangers fame. You may know her as Callum. We are glad to have you here. Oh, hi. It's good to be here. It's nice not to be in space. I know. I still know her as Denise I, from you know, I also uh, answered The Mark. To that. On... Oh, I'm you're what? Denise from The Mark. I am. 
Yeah, I'm lady. I just put lady, that together. So I, wow. I am okay. intimately aware of how ninjas work based on our last review. Um, <laughs> I should have mentioned that in that one, but I didn't. So, yeah. That makes sense. Right now, I'm just seeing how knitting no, works. No, you're not. This is crocheting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it looks like knitting to me. <laughs> she, sir, she is a hooker. Okay. We have, we have I'm also, this. I'm also um, a, a knitter as okay. well. But uh, in this present moment, yes, I am hooking. Uh, that. <laughs> I don't know how to that, okay. that that's slang for that that's slang for a person who Yeah, don't uh, call crochets, anyone that crochets so. that outside of me. Just There's a very small group of people who are okay with that vocabulary. Well, I wanted to explain that to our listening audience as well because I mean, most of them have heard your episode Dallas where you had explained that you had taken up hooking for a little bit, but I've been doing hooking yes, for some time, but indeed. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, last episode we were talking about um, uh, a Velocipaster, and it got weird. And Squid joined us. Those and, things uh, were not connected. Now today, right. Kevin, Cor- correlation is not causation. They're not connected at all. I'm so glad that everyone listened to me about not watching that movie because you do. Such oh a yeah, fantastic well, job. Kevin, you left the tape and you said don't, so we had to. But this time we actually have you in person. By the way, we discovered that you keep us uh, like really regimented on the show. So Kevin, please tell us, sir. What are we doing today besides um, pondering life with our taco machine? Um, we, I, I was going to watch this movie called Dark Star. It was made in 1974 by John Carpenter. His first time making the movies because, you know, he's made such wonderful movies that are always box office hits, such as The Thing and Little Trouble, Big Trouble in Little China. So, you know, there's money to be made in this movie. Sir, you neglected to mention his biggest movie. Oh yeah, the war that Empires. actually made him go. I'm actually I just said I'm not. I'm done done directing. I don't want to make any more movies, sir, sir, sir. Yes, yeah, sir, sir. Yes, that's sir. Halloween, Halloween. Okay, so what? How how, how can you not talk? I about know that Halloween holiday. How can you not talk about John any Carpenter? movie John Carpenter doesn't I've, make? I've I've, I've celebrated that Escape holiday from before. New York. Yeah, how about Escape from L.A.? What about yeah, a surfing. what about escaping from the surfing. show right now? <laughs> What about the fog? The good version. I like that version. That was I like that one. Yeah, not the one I have to burn. <laughs> yeah, I, that was I, terrible. I, I I'm a big fan of the one they made back in 2000. Um, what was it? You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm lying, that movie was trash. I'm just telling you that's in the dumpster fire already. <laughs> um, I'm looking at Carpenter's like log of stuff he's done. He's done a lot. Yeah, uh, and now he's a full time musician. He... He's doing what he actually wanted to do in the beginning. Just make music. To be fair, to be fair, uh, for for someone who's been around since 1974, he actually hasn't done that much. Wow, rough. Yeah, you're you're convincing everyone right now with that. Makes me feel unproductive. He's done more in his lifetime than I have done so far in mine. Anyhow, from this book on this um, thing right here, this Dark Star, it's also starring on four hippies he got from Portland, Oregon, which I don't know who they are. (laughs) And he did the music for this one, which is well, uh, who else would you think? And yeah, there, I don't see no box office. I tried looking at it. It was supposed to be a student film, starting off with just like what, 65 minutes, and then the, at, decided to add 20 minutes. I bet you we can talk about where that 20 minutes came from. And yeah, poorly received by audiences. But the, um, for some reason, Roger Ebert really loved this movie. Really? Yeah. And it was really. Gee, um, I said I'll talk about that later because that's kind of, I'm wondering because he never directed the Ray G movie. 
It was kind of usual for him, too. Supposed to be a science fiction adventure comedy. That's a nice blend of genres. You could do it right. You could do it sorrowfully wrong. I wonder what we can get from that. It's so quiet. I'm just, it's like, just are, like are we wanting to watch this or what? I'm trying not to hurt feelings. Cause... Have you seen it before? No, I just have. Has anyone I'm here just, seen this movie before, just, before we watch I, it? You know, going into I have, it, oh. I just don't feel hopeful. Uh, right. Okay. I have warning labels on this one. I, I, I am a John Carpenter uh, fanboy. I, are you sure that's all you are, just a fanboy? I think you're more than a fanboy. He makes me squeal like a, uh, like a Justin Bieber fan. okay (laughs) um if he i know he's a musician now and if he ever plays in my town i will attend his concert oh good lord yeah i would i would go to that concert instantly i that i'll be the one person i actually would pay the high price for because when you two came to the concert when i was back in ireland and everything else they they still charge minimum four hundred dollars a ticket i'm like good god i'm in the very freaking back you charge me four hundred no for who or you two. Good old Bono. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, he's, you gotta pay for all his vegan vegetarian meals, that cheeky bloke. Anyways, um, there were some taglines on there. Do you guys want to read these taglines? Because I'm not. <laughs> I've missed you labels. so much, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, oh, I, I'm, I was trying to re- you know, retrieve these freaking taco machines that you keep on launching out. <laughs> you know? Right. Warning. This movie looks like it looks and feels stupid, but actually has real heart and soul. <coughs> heart and soul is a better movie. Okay. My, okay. This, this warning label, I will agree with. Warning, this film is not to be taken seriously. Okay. Duly noted. Are we to be taken no. seriously? Usually no. Have we ever okay. been taken seriously? <laughs> Usually no. Warning, this film stole the test costume for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. All right. Ta-da, well, the killer tomatoes. <laughs> or if you're Kevin, John. the killer tomatoes. <laughs> that is the best theme song of any bad movie ever. Yeah, video game cartoons, love it. I used to watch the cartoon when I was <laughs> a kid. It's so, on uh, the list, everybody. Let's not jump oh, ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. One day. What? Wait, list. <laughs> it's you're in the, the dumpster. List. It's in the garbage. The dumpster. The landfill. Whatever. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. John, do we have any trivia or facts about this film? We we have so many trivia. Um, so Cookie Knapp got the computer voice gig uh, on this movie because she answered the phone for uh, Douglas Knapp, who is the cinematographer for this movie. And John Carpenter just loved the sound of her voice. So mm. literally just, uh, you know, I like your voice. Want to be in a movie? <laughs> Um, the co-writer Dan O'Bannon later reused the alien mascot section of this film as a basis of a script called star beast, uh, due to the low budget of dark star, the alien was clearly a beach ball that could only be played for comedy. But O'Bannon felt that with a proper budget, uh, the premise of an alien creature stalking a crew of a spaceship could work as a genuinely tense movie. And as luck would have it, directors Alejandro uh, Jordorowski and Ridley Scott had both seen and liked Dark Star. So they employed O'Bannon and designer Ron Cobb in the projects that would finally lead to O'Bannon's screenplay being filmed as Alien in 1979. Hmm. Um, Small beginnings. uh, 
Talby's space suit chest piece is made from a muffin tray in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the large buttons on the large buttons on the bridge consoles are actually ice cube trays illuminated from beneath. Nice. I like that. I gotta remember that when I see it. I like that. Um, and the talking bombs were made out of plastic mo- model kits for cars and trucks. Okay, uh, makes sense because CGI, and I like anything else but CGI, yeah. so I can dig it. Um, Better than the saucers from um, our first films. Oh, those are models too. That he just said toy models. Now, here here's one that certain individuals will be interested in, uh, based off of conversations we had prior to recording. Uh, Dre Pahich, who played Talby, uh, had a heavy accent, and eventually all of his dialogue was redubbed, allegedly by John Carpenter himself. Do you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. The Neverending Story. You guys, have you guys watched that uh, recently? No, no, you, no, no, please no. no oh, it's like no, recently. No, no, you've never seen it. <laughs> Are you gay, Branson? I horse swamp of sadness i'm I'm, I'm not okay (laughs) half the cast of neverending story spoke in german and they went back and dubbed it in english yep no way really i had no idea so they spoke in german and they killed a horse in no no they killed the horse in english um (laughs) oh yeah it's even better (laughs) every germans we killed your english horse and the like the troll they both spoke german and they had to go back oh, and dub in wow, English. Okay. Yep. I did not know. I that. need to watch it, even though everyone told me everything about the movie, plot by plot. Oh, I'm it's so good. You've never seen it? It's, no. I recently. I watched. It. I started with Neverending Story two and worked. There's on a second be- one. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. D- don't bother. Yes, it's, it's terrible. terrible. There's five. No one asked for. <laughs> the video game is even worse. There was a video I game. Was a video game. Oh yeah, and I had it. It was terrible. I. Hey John, how many beach balls were destroyed in the making of this film? Uh. <laughs> That one, I don't know. Okay, you said something about beach ball. I want to make sure they were, were they protected were. too. Hmm. Uh, finally, more protected than the horses in Neverending Story. Finally, uh, let uh, let me end with this piece of trivia because I actually have thirty eight pieces of trivia, but I don't have enough time to go through. That's every the episode, folks. At the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, the message says they are eighteen parsecs away. This comes out to 58.68 light years. The messages wow. are taking 10 light years to reach Earth. That means the signals are traveling at 5.868C, whatever C stands for. I bet Han Solo could move faster in parsecs with his Millennium Falcon than that. No, in, in uh, Star Wars, parsecs apparently are units of time. Well, and so are light years. You're saying it's not units of light time? Years what? Units it, of time. It's a measure of distance? same difference that's are you saying star wars, star wars lied to me accurate? again that's about how fast i was moving out there i think based on how tired i was <laughs> so all right so that's what we got for just random trivial facts uh who's ready to watch I'm this gonna thing? Go grab a taco first and then i'm ready what are, what are our expectations do you Let's mean a hot dog quick. no Squid? i mean that a hot, mean dog a hot dog is a taco um but i'll grab one of those too she doesn't want the American taco. She wants exactly. the Mexican taco. Correct. Yeah. What was that, Dallas? You were saying something. What are our expectations for the film going into this? Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. It, if it's John Carpenter, I'm going to enjoy it. So you're just like, you know, regardless, it's going to be good. Yeah. I uh, 
given that it was an action sci-fi comedy, I'm, I'm feeling some Spaceballs vibes. So I guess that's my my expectation is, is something along those lines, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't okay. think I had those expectations. <laughs> Maybe I should. Uh, what are I'm your expectations? I'm mildly with? hopeful that I will have a good time. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Burnham? I don't have expectations. I just forget about things before I watch them that way. I won't be disappointed either way. <laughs> All right. My expectations are I have no idea what's happening. I have literally never heard of this movie until Kevin pulled it out of the dumpster bin. Yep. And uh, I like sci-fi. I like humor. Um, I like beach balls sometimes. So, um, but we'll find out because the seventies were a special time. Yes, I guess they were. I wasn't thought of yet. I wasn't conceived of yet. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) How about we just pop the sucker and see what we think? Let's do it. Go into the theater. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Well, yeah. That was a movie. (laughs) So good. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh. You know, Sorry, I just had there tacos left? Huh? Um, God, I hope so. Well, guys, let's get into this conversation. Um, yes. I mean, I for so those ready. listening, you're wondering the shock and all we have today. Let me so read the ready. film description. Uh, <clears throat> in the far reaches of space, a small crew, 20 years in their solitary mission, find things beginning to go hilariously wrong. I think hilarious was a overstatement but yeah i laughed at um, parts yeah. Uh, yeah kevin can you please tell people a little bit more about this film as far as what uh we just saw and then we're gonna get into our spoiler discussion spoiler free conversation um yeah it was a movie there you go <laughs> <laughs> at least he called it a mean, movie yeah it's it, it that's is, more than what we did last time yeah we we, wa- we watch movies you know that's what we do because you know we got we're just we hate our lives and this is what we do this is your decision for us to do this. I know. I could have just went away again and not come back and just live happily ever after. Anyways, um, yeah, so we have this opening. And yet <laughs> I'm the flight risk here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So anybody was talking about the opening because I didn't even know what happened. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm already forgot. I'm forgetting as I'm watching, as I'm talking right now. What happened? What, what it, there was video what was something. They're, they're talking about bombs, <laughs> something, some, something of the sort. Okay, yeah. Someone tell me. I don't know. I forgot. All right. What was the rating? What? 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 what oh, what the yeah, the rating. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have the rating. Should I go make some coffee? I'm sorry. I'll make some coffee. Okay. Good lord, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Make it a okay. double espresso. Um. Anyways, this it's rated G. I like I said in the beginning. I don't know why it's rated G. I mean, I guess you know, 1970s. You got to be high and everything <laughs> else to rate anything G. So there's a couple of one of mild the actors language. actually did the whole entire movie on that LSD. Makes sense. What? Yep, that I could see that. Wow. How can I not know this? Makes sense. Yeah, um, there's some mild language and there is some obscure pictures that's behind that they try to blur out every once in a while, but you can very um know who's naked and who's not. Other than that, there's nothing else, just that. So I guess we at the bomb shelf will give it a PG. Sounds good to you guys? Uh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All in favor? Sounds good. All right. Bye.
Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I need some coffee. I'm on it. I'm making it. Don't oh, worry. It's my angry Irish boy. I've missed you so much. I'm a man, not a boy. Get that correct? Thank you. I'm a man. <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump into our spoiler-free conversation real quick. <coughs> what did we like, didn't like? What are some stuff that stuck out to us about this film? I, I, uh, I'm going to start off by saying that I could tell this was a student film. Yes. Because, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it had... I think it had less of a budget Might than have. Velocity Pastor. And yet was still better. Questionable. Oh. Hmm. Questionable. <laughs> but I'll... I don't know what could be better than I'll get into Velocipaster, why I think it opinion, isn't better. But... <laughs> That'll come later when it's spoiler version. <laughs> okay, thanks. For but you weren't there for all of my riveting conversation about Velocipaster, so. Um, don't miss it. I'm don't worry, I think we that. made a recording, so I'll play it for you after this episode. <laughs> I will say this about mm. the film. Again, I, 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 for being a student film, I am impressed with what they were able to pull off. Yes. The creativity to create the shots, to create... Some of the stuff that John described with like, you know, the muffin tins and stuff like that, that took a lot of work and creativity. Yes. And I appreciate that. And I could definitely see the, uh, the, how things played out, how things influenced aliens and other stuff. So I appreciate the work that went into it. And so that's some of the stuff that I saw that I was like, okay, yeah. I can see that. That's cool. I dig it. I definitely think um, about halfway through the movie, I was thoroughly confused. And <laughs> yes, I see John raising his hand. Uh, the box office budget for this movie. I have that information. I Thank just you. I've been looking it. for that. Where'd you find it at? Uh, on this invention called the internet. Uh, no. But it's, uh, uh, they had sixty thousand dollars, so it actually had more. Barely any. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, in nineteen seventy-eight, yeah, though. So they had more than velocity. Seventy-four. Yeah. They had quite yeah. a bit. That's that's very true. They had quite a bit more. I could see where they spent it on. Yeah. The beach balls. <laughs> I think no the beach balls. No, I was, I was saying the LSD oh, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else. Yeah, we, we, we can say that too. <laughs> all of the LSD and then all of the beach balls that were destroyed in this film. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can say for me, I did appreciate um, some of the way the style of his shooting. When the three men were right there on the ship and when it goes to camera, it moves in that smooth camera moves, which I love smooth camera moves. I love it. God almighty, I love that because I hate shaky cams. There's no shaky cams, so I grandly appreciate that. Something they could do magis magically back in 1974, but no student film could do today. Everyone does shaky cams. Shaky uh, cam wasn't invented until Blair Witch. I was going to say, that sounds was, very Blair Witchy. Really, well, that, 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 that was more documentary for, <laughs> for films. It wasn't really noticed until Paul Greengrass did it for the uh, Blue um, Born I just Identity. I wish you had been here last week when we were talking about Velocipaster because some of the zooms in Velocipaster, we're just... Right. Again, I was retrieving taco <laughs> machines, but it. other than that, I did appreciate the camera work. I did appreciate how some of the subtle type of um, shots he did for certain things, it worked. Mm -hmm. And I see that he was really trying his <laughs> best with his very was modest he? budget that he had. I mean, Absolutely. yeah, it, it, again, we could talk about how, it, how much money really everything is, but just seeing some of his style, I do, one of those few people who love seeing paintings mm. on films when they do like a painting mm. of a of a plant i like that far better mm. than cgi that's just my opinion though because i like a more realistic right. i i'm with you on that kevin i like there's something there's something lovely about seeing that and just appreciating the like, texture that brings to a film yes thank and, you and the From way this the way this movie is shot uh 
you you legitimately feel like you're in space. And you, you know what's even like more you're... amazing? You can see the shots and it's dark, but they have the light where you can do it. Unlike, you know, like Venom, which is shot in dark with black suits. Disagree. I could see the shots. In fact, I actually oh, broke we're gonna, down. We're, we're going to talk about that. Dark. Kevin, do you want to hug? We're gonna, we're gonna no, I'm just, I, I just appreciate. I can see what I'm looking at because people <laughs> who can't see this must need a new eye doctor or some glasses. I don't care what you so, write. You need new glasses. Yeah, Squid and I are going to be on the same page uh, later in the podcast. But from a technical point of view, the the shots and everything like that, I'm with you, Kevin. Like it was technically a, a well done thing. Like he had great technique and 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 creating shots and. I'm with you, dude. I love painted backgrounds and sceneries. Like mm-hmm. those are beautiful. Ransom, we John interrupted Carpenter's you. The man. <laughs> Ransom, we interrupted you. No, was I was your... just saying. Um, when I first saw it, it by the way, it did not leave, live up to my expectations of spaceballs. <laughs> no, um, I imagine it didn't. <laughs> uh, but halfway through, John reminded me, "You're not supposed to take this seriously," and so I just kind of surrendered myself to it and said okay it's gonna be what it's gonna be i'm not gonna try to expect it to be anything and when i did that i actually developed a deep appreciation for the way the characters were and and how they were how they were shown and and some of the dialogue and the conversations they had and i'll get more into that in the spoilerish bit but uh i didn't i didn't like it at first but the more i watched it the more i developed an appreciation for it now, is this the same way you developed appreciation for Velocipaster? No. <laughs> no, because I actually okay. would. Well, that's g- going to be getting later. <laughs> we'll discuss that okay. later. I bet you he. Lo- so you- I bet you he loved Venom. <laughs> we had that on tape. He did. <laughs> Squid, what are your? Uh, uh, I enjoyed some of the dialogue of this film. I there were okay. some of the lines in this film that I thought were very good. That's what I've got. That's spoiler free. Yeah, that's cool. We'll get we'll get into those reasoning why. John, did you have anything? I enjoyed everything about this movie. Of course you would, because you're just a lover boy of John Carpenter. This is true. You probably got posters <laughs> and all kinds of weird magazines of him too. See how quiet he is about Can one I, seven. I, are you are you feeling jealous, Kevin? You heck have no. posters and weird magazines mm, about you. Nope. Please, God, no. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this: the the thing that about this movie the most, like at the very beginning, it made me want to watch Red Dwarf. Like when it like the opening scene, all that went through my mind: it's it's cold outside. There's no kind of atmosphere. That's it. it. Made me want to watch 2001. Let me. I can see that. Let me let me give some let me give let me give some clarity to my statement. Um, as I stated before we went into the movie theater, this is not my first time watching this movie. Mm Hmm. My first time watching this movie, I didn't enjoy it very much until probably about two days after I saw it. Um, it I, I went into it with improper expectations. My experience with John Carpenter was basically, you know, Halloween, Prince of Darkness, or if you want to talk about his sci-fi stuff, you have uh, um, the Escape from New York movie. Uh, the one we don't talk about, uh, Starman. You just looked at me like you didn't know what I meant by the one we don't talk about. I didn't know what you're talking about. I don't know uh, what you're escape. talking about either. Escape well, then from, you then you clarify. Escape from L.A. Oh, that's that's fun. It's not like the no. worst thing he's ever done. Yes, it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Kevin, you need a hug. Just talk, man. 
I'm going to hug you so hard when I see you. Your pointer. Your thing. Anyway. Uh... That was on my <laughs> list of terrible things. I like that song. <laughs> anyway, um, you just derailed me, Kevin. I think you derailed yourself. <sighs> but basically, basically, I walked into it with the wrong mindset. And then I went back. Did your okay? So let's take out take a step outside of the fiction for a second here. Did the versions that you guys actually watched did that have the opening statement from Dan O'Bannon? Was he the mission control guy the at the very beginning? No, no, no. I'm talking about a written thing that scrolled across the screen. No. Yeah, mine did. Because uh, Dan O'Bannon explained it as a lot of people walked into this movie uh, and they attempted to take it seriously when it was and they didn't know they were walking into a comedy. You're not supposed to take it seriously. You're supposed to watch it just as it is and understand that it's not a serious thing. And so when I when I kind of went back to it with that perspective, I'm like, this is a fantastic movie that illustrates what life really would be on on a forever mission in outer space and how people deal with the boredom and dealing with the insignificance of who they are and the vast infinitude of everything around them. I think we're getting close you to spoiler talk right because I mouth. have a lot of things to say right now. I think we are. See, when, pe- when people tell, this is what I, I, I always disagree when people tell me something like this, like, I need to walk mm-hmm. in with this mindset of thinking it's a comedy or sci-fi or a horror. Like, I don't need to know what I'm walking into. I'd rather you just come explore this world to me, tell me and I could just ex- receive how you're telling it to me. And if, I, if you got to explain to me how, I, how how you're telling me the story, then I'm like, that's a yeah. rubbish story. I'm sorry. I you saw that. I don't care. How, I don't care about anybody. Uh, you can try to argue this until you just choke over and die. If you gotta tell me how I need to watch a movie, or when someone's telling me a story, then you're you're not you're not good yeah, at tor- storytelling. Absolutely, that's all. Kevin. Unless somebody explains to you what a condiment is, ketchup is a no, beverage. Absolutely not. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. No. You, see again. I, sidetracking I, everything from what we're talking about. Disagree you sound just that. like someone from Washington. I I agree. I agree with what Kevin said a hundred percent. If someone has to give me a novel before I go into this movie to tell me how to view the movie, then it's not a good movie. Sort of like what we did for Dune. Here, here's you, a book. Right here, here's actually. the thing. <laughs> you are seriously shooting no, the no, logic no. by because which that you I saved. didn't give you that prior to going into Velocipaster, nor did I tell you that you needed to believe it to enjoy the movie. If you didn't like it, great. You didn't enjoy it. Whatever. This is just when I viewed it. That's how I thought about the movie. That was different. I, I think. Uh, I think my experience is an illustration of what happens when you actually do have expectations. I, I, I read the description and it told me what it was. So I went into the movie expecting it to be that. And it fell short of that description. It wasn't until I tossed that out the window per John's instructions that I was able to appreciate it. So I almost wish I didn't have someone tell me what to think ahead of time. I probably would have enjoyed it I don't, from the get I don't think I even read the description. I just watched the movie. Other than what I just read to you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I heard what you said, uh, but I wasn't listening. I was thinking about tacos, so um, I didn't really hear what you said. Sorry. I went into it after watching Velocipaster, so I was already <laughs> not in my right sane mind, hmm. and um, I had no frame of reference for it, and there is a level of, like, you know, what am I walking into, um, but 
it did not do a good job of expressing that. Like, I, I, see, you said the right so side of your like, brain. Now, have you tried walking with your left side of your brain? Have you tried turning your no, brain off you and back like, on again? I, <laughs> I've done that a couple times. I kicked it. Yeah, I will say this. Um, I did. I did some some digging into because after my original watching of it, we're completely outside of our, our our story here. But um, everyone, I talked to several people about this film today. And they're like, dude, you know, it's it was a it was a student film, blah blah. And so I went and did some digging into it. One thing that was said was that um, the humor was lost to just about everyone who went there to see it. Uh, period. And I think one of the I heard that one of the directors was said that um, the humor was was lost. He he recognizes it was lost completely, but he blames that issue on the director, on not directors, on the on the money, basically. Because when they, they originally went to put this out to a major pro- publication, they were like, hey, you have to add 30 extra minutes for us to be a feature film, which you and I, we all know. Somebody comes and tells you to add to your already existing story. You're then creating gaps. You're creating things that weren't there to begin with outside of your original vision. And then when they did that, at, before it was finished up, they watched the the uh, test shots. They're like, nope, this is trash. And they cut 30 minutes out and they had to do a whole nother thing. I think that I, I want to see the director cut the original 45 are we, minutes are we i want to see that and and if i can see that i think i can appreciate the are film we officially more. in spoiler talk but okay we know not just my yet but we're about to squid is chomping at the bit he's ready squid is chomping i have things to I say know. what's john you know what i would like to see the 45 minute cut like you just mentioned i wouldn't mind I I, I, i'm not the kind of person i won't mind watching i wouldn't mind watching any movie i'm um okay Almost any movie twice just to see a different cut if a director yeah. had a different vision than what the studio I, had. I want forget the Snyder cut. Give me the Carpenter cut. I want the original forty five minutes. John, please, please hit the spoiler button. Please hit it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Now that we've calmed down, I'm calm. And we're relaxed. I'm not calm. Okay. You're in the spoilers section. Yeah. Squid, gaze okay. into space and okay. relax. Have a taco. Yeah. Mm. All right. I want to get some coffee. Without. <laughs> Let's get into this. Calmly, Squid. Squid, please tell us your spoiler thoughts. I have many. <laughs> I will firstly just address what you were just discussing, which I think hilariously, if we saw only the cut that it was originally meant to be, Alien would never exist. Because the scenes with the alien would wouldn't we? be in this film. I think they would. Are we sure that the scenes with the alien? I were think they part shouldn't the original be. Cut. <laughs> I think that if they hadn't had the extra, they hadn't had to do so much more. There would be more money to make I that better. I think they shouldn't be. <laughs> I think they ruined this film. Personally, I think. Yes, and really? and I say that having written down that one of the funniest scenes was the elevator scene. Yes, no, that I agree. That was with. one of the funniest scenes. It shouldn't have been in the movie. Okay, hundred percent. It doesn't add anything to the story. It was it was funny, but it was funny in a haha. That's a funny gag way. It wasn't funny in like a good funny way. It's like made me laugh, but not in a way that I would want a comedy film to make me laugh. See the scenes that were at the the scenes that were added was the uh, sleeping quarter scenes. Yeah, those didn't add much, so that's fine. Okay. Yeah, 
and, I can see that. And the scene where Doolittle's playing his uh, instrument that he made out of See, and uh, I liked and that cans. one. I think that one should have stayed. That one was actually a scene that I wrote down as being a great theme. Okay, Basically, can we talk about how we, how we watch this movie from beginning to end or what? Sure, go for it. Did you watch it in a different way? Yeah, go ahead, guide us, Kevin. I just want to make sure that way as we go to it, I was like, we did you watch it in a different it? way than okay beginning to end? Because if you did, please tell me how you watched it, because <laughs> no, I'm no. interested. Squid, Squid, because you are new to this <laughs> okay. and you didn't experience this in the last episode, typically how we do the spoiler section is Kevin walks us oh, okay. through the plot and we talk about things as Can you explain to me the, the plot yeah, of if this you come movie? Because <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> I will do my Great. best. <laughs> okay. So we are opened, um, unlike the, the cut that John just told me about, because I'm actually interested in what those dialogue was saying, we did get extensive dialogue scene and um, people destroying a planet with a bomb. And they are searching for plants to blow up. I mean... Can we ask, can I ask a question? Why was the ship I so sassy? I loved how sassy the ship was. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I did appreciate that. <laughs> that was the fun. That was that was funny. Wait, if but I I'm can, like, if I can get this on, how did that? Ha- I know how we got the, the actress. sassy bombs was one of my favorite parts. I gave it two exclamation marks. <laughs> like the, the 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 conversation between the ship and the bomb, yes. were some of the best Absolutely. conversations of the yeah. film. The whole like, don't don't drop, and he's like, but I had a signal. This to is drop. my She's only like, don't goal do it. in life. <laughs> you know what I would have loved the bombs voices to be i would have loved it if it was alan rickman from hitchhiker's (laughs) guide to the galaxy like oh dear let's blow up a planet okay (laughs) bye that would have been beautiful i would love that because you know you're destroying life so it'd be depressed so yeah well no no they're not destroying life they're destroying planets that are not tenable for life allegedly allegedly it is it is called into question so you could say that it is a deeper meaning to say the thing People love to blow things People up. People do be loving America. to blow things up. You're right. <laughs> and so, um, but we, 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 after they um, blow up the planet, we get at least the very basis of what they do. So at least we get that part. I like, at least I understand the plot. That's their main mission. This is what we follow. And they go into what, an asteroid field storm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. And it destroys the Bombay area, and it destroys a laser. I don't understand what the laser thing was. Laser. Does anybody else understand what the laser? It was. It was the laser I mean, communication. Was a... be- it was the laser communication between the bomb release and the main computer. So is that like it's hot wire, like it's wiring program to communicate back and forth? It, well, basically, yeah. Sure. So it was basically oh. the computer being able to control the ner- the nervous system for the computer to be able to control its little hand that drops the bomb. Yeah. Okay, I just understood the whole point of the laser. Just that it's a laser. I was like, okay, yes. it was. It was indeed a laser, potentially. <laughs> okay. Sharks with freaking laser beams. <laughs> oh God, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> just floating in space. I think. I think that it, that part was um, there... just not the laser part. The laser part didn't interest me at all. Uh, <laughs> I think the beginning scene where they blow up the planet, and then Talby is like, "Hey, what happened, guys?" Making it clear that he doesn't know what's going on was a very interesting thing that I wish right. they'd played mm-hmm. with more. So like clearly not everyone knows what's happening on this ship, which <clears throat> I didn't even know what Tally was about. Of, of some mental <laughs> yeah. illness with these guys. The fact that he's just like spaced literally spaced out. He's like stars, man. <laughs> which is interesting is later. On LSD? When he like says why he likes <laughs> to be there. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was an interesting part. I liked the interaction. Oh, go we ahead. Rewind, I, I just want to rewind back to the 
the front in the movie where you have this ridiculous communication from the government from I guess 10 years in the past officially and he's like you guys are doing great hey we oh. can't back you up with anything you know don't die <laughs> it makes me think of you know what that tells me that tells me that government spending hasn't changed no. since 1974 have, no, have, huh. have, have any of you guys watched Not Generation Kill uh, so it was a mini series no, no. I've seen Generations Kill but I haven't seen uh, Generation it was a, it Kill it was a mini series I want to say it was uh, Afghanistan. Uh, very good. Highly suggest. It, content warning. There's a lot of language in it, but they are Marines that are like an advance unit. And it, this scene just made me think of it because they're always like, hey, we need a new battery for our Humvee. Hey, we need a new this. And they're like, well, they're not sending it. So I guess it's more duct tape and whatever we can find. <laughs> like, That's what it just made me think of. I was like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't change. It's just. <laughs> You guys can do it. We're behind you. Have a sticker. (laughs) 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 That's all you gotta do. Join clubs is give them a sticker. Insert program here. Now, before I go further, there's something I wanted to to talk about. It's the music. I semi appreciate the music. I appreciate like the country song to begin. I loved it. I think it gave it a lighthearted tone in the beginning. And I appreciate some of the music in and out. I can see John Carpenter finding his trademark before he went to the next film, which is Halloween and many others where you get that great synthesizer music, just down pack. I think he was still exploring. So I could see that with a student film. I believe he had a vision and an idea. It just wasn't quite there yet until mm-hmm. it hit Halloween. Anybody else? Anybody other thoughts on the music here? I, the music, I think, is part of my problem when I go into the film. I'm going in there thinking John Carpenter, Halloween, and all those other things, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, The Thing. I love the, the Thing. I thought that was a cool movie. And then I'm also thinking, okay, Dark Star. This is a dark film. It's space. Cool. And then you have whatever the crap that music was. Now, to be fair, I don't like country music. I get nosebleeds. It's a thing. <laughs> but it threw me off for the entire tone. I'm like, what is happening? And so I, I, I think legitimately... The, the opening music, plus my knowledge of who Carpenter is, is what made the movie difficult for me See, right I off the I find the music was redeeming for me as well. But I also have, cover your ears, everyone that's a John Carpenter fan, never seen a John Carpenter film before today. Uh, so I okay. did not. That's fine. I mean, there's so many films. There's like, I, what, I have three million films I don't expect Trump, everyone to watch. It's been a long time. Uh, so You should watch Escape so, from like, LA. I did that's not go into one. this being like, Yes, this Wrong. is what a John Carpenter soundtrack sounds like. <laughs> and I also listen to country music. So okay, I want... I was like, yeah, this is a jam. Let's go. <laughs> so, Dallas, is anybody else does not like country music in here? Okay, what's your problem, Dallas? How un-American are you? I'm the Irish-American one, and I love country music. What's your problem? But but I good country music. Don't play. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Sure, no, yeah I just, yeah. it's legitimately a style I've never... I will listen to just about anything else. Like you can ask Branson. Um, I, 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 I love music. I love music. Just about every genre. There's just something about country. I just can't get into. I'll listen to uh, country adjacent stuff like Delta blues, Chicago blues, and um, some um, rockabilly and stuff like that. But, but I, just yeah, country music. Just not my thing. Completely tangent from the movie. What do you mean by country music? <laughs> like the opening of that song. Um, just like, again, like, I just if never you really got into like Folsom like, Prison Blues. You would be like, "This is a trash song." Like, 
<laughs> I want to say it's trash. It's just not something I, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I hear the train and, are coming. Like coming most of your like quote unquote hillbilly music out then. there. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't God know knows when. when. I'm trapped in Folsom prison. prison. I'm sorry that I started this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hey, cool. You just brought my favorite or my favorite artist of all time, Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. Kevin, I want to hug you again. And I, you know, right. like okay. old Hank Williams and. <laughs> I like the, uh, the interaction between Doolittle and Pinback. Pin, yeah, Pinback. The interaction they had at the very beginning of them. Who is he? I don't even know their names. Pinback I remember Doolittle. Pinback guy who wasn't actually Pinback. He tends to see the alien. Yes. That was funny to me. By the way. Well, we're not oh, to we're that not part. That, part yeah. that was funny to me. But I like the interaction they had where he's looking at the scanners and he said, "Hey, there's a new dark star. Do you want to go take a look at it?" And Doolittle's like, no, just find me something else to blow up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't appreciate it in the moment, but thinking back on it, I see how that's kind of like a picture of this entire film of how disconnected they feel that they're in the presence of something new that in the cosmos and Doolittle is completely unaffected. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I don't care if I'm mm-hmm. the other planet to blow up there. I see no beauty. I see no redeeming quality about this. I just want to get done with my job, then go back to my bunk and smoke a cigarette and get up and do it again the next morning. And Pixabay is like, we're not Pixabay, Lord. Uh, Pinback. 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 <laughs> Pinback is like, well, it's, okay. shouldn't we go name it or, or at least check it out? And Doodle's like, no. And I feel like that's a, a good picture of one of the major themes yeah. of this whole movie is how disconnected they are. Which I think is. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know so, just so everybody well, knows. Pinback was the guy that was with the alien. Doolittle was Boiler the throwy was the, uh, guy in charge. I remember his name, and I remember Talby's name, which is Boiler the was the guy who was with the gun. His, and then um, his name was Spoiler. Boiler, Tal- like Boiler Room. Boiler. Okay, sorry. And then Talby was the guy who was up in the See, space. I think, I think. And number twenty was a nineteen bomb. and twenty, but nineteen was only short lived. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's. So it's like everything else in teenage years. Uh, He's uncredited. That dialogue was like very good too when you're like watching the movie and you put it in context, which is why I was like, the dialogue in this movie is great. I think the dialogue's so good. It is the period redeeming quality of this film. Okay. I'm glad you found it because the dialogue for me was very clunky and it wasn't very clean. I mean, they could have did it much smoother like because they felt like they were lost in certain dialogues like, they probably may have taken one or two takes. Like, you know, we already made three takes. We're done. You don't have enough money That's to make fair. any more films. Yeah. I can get that. But the dialogue exchange was not, was not for me. It was very clunky and it was not very evenly paced. It was just like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got dialogue. Okay. Um, yeah. But, I well, should say and it was like, did you certain dialogue scenes were the redeeming quality. Because, uh, again, I also did say all of the scenes with the alien should be taken out of the film. So. <laughs> uh, well, also. One thing that when it comes to the dialogue and the music, which we both were just talking, which everyone was just talking about, one thing that will be very obvious very quickly in this movie is this is a very quiet movie. It is very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate like quiet the- movies. I do appreciate when movies are quiet because see, don't tell is the biggest thing I like for a film. But if you're going to tell, tell it well. And see, I, the, the I quietness appreci- is a- sorry, what? I appreciate the quietness because it adds a certain amount of contrast to when stuff is actually happening. This is especially prevalent in low budget movies like Evil Dead, which was also a very quiet movie and it heightened the tension. Was, was this movie um, supposed to be tense? Wait, what? The... Huh? What? 
Wait, what? What? What Evil Dead was you watching that was quiet? The first one, the original. Yeah, yeah, They were quiet. They were the, quietly screaming and quietly saying, "I'll swallow your soul." Yeah, that's pretty quiet, the, man. That, okay, first of all, the "I'll swallow your soul" came from uh, the second Evil Dead movie, sir. Yeah, but we're talking about quietness. This, that and, wasn't quiet. And I'm talking about the original student film that Sam Raimi did, made. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're still talking about that. Well, not quiet, <laughs> it, dude. I will. Two thousand one, space odyssey. That quiet that's quiet. I I will fight the you. artist. That's and quiet. <laughs> anyway, Charlie Chaplin's quiet. So was Buster <laughs> Keaton, but you know what? <laughs> but I think the contrast is especially demonstrated, taking it back to where we are at in Kevin's plot description. Um, when they hit that meteor storm thirty seconds beforehand. They, it's an effect that they use again later on in the movie where all of a sudden they stop, it's super quiet, and all of a sudden they burst out and just to a, a giant blur of words. And I swear mm-hmm. there's more voices in that blur that are recorded than are people there. Yes. I was wondering, I was like, these are three people. Where's all these other six voices coming from? Right. Can we talk about the seizure warning that didn't come up for this movie? <laughs> Same with Velocipaster, though, true. I was like, what well, is happening I, I witnessed here? a lot of flashing lights in my eyeballs during watching both movies. There was more seizures in this movie than Pokemon. I mean, what's happening? I don't experience seizures, so I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was in a dark room when I watched this film. Yeah, we were all in the dark room watching this movie. And all of a sudden, the entire room is red and other colors, and then there's strange voices everywhere. I thought we were in the middle of an exorcism from Velocipaster. I'm not sure, really. But oh, I thought you were in downtown it's Jacksonville. Like the same as uh, <laughs> like that scene, and then the later one when they're all like activate the defense systems, but they all start talking at once, and it's like there's yeah. I swear there's 16 voices being like hit the buttons, do this. It's like what is happening? I don't know what they're saying. So many things, and I understand none of them. <laughs> So do you know what the deal was? I, I know we're. I guess we're just going to skip along. Um, the the two guys with with him with that one man that was shooting the laser gun at the door. What was the deal about that? I mean, I understand you're bored, but you mean there was no it's, shooting it's range there or something? What, what was him shooting that this one particular has... thing? What's it what tiny was though? what was he shooting that for? There were twenty floors. Tiny. That's not a tiny ship. Tiny. It was a twenty floors. I couldn't tell from that's, the outside. That's what shot. the the. I think that's pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what the. Uh, well, there was said. a big elevator shaft. It was like so. there, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a huge okay. shaft. Listen to the dialogue. They talk about because the opening part talks about stuff degrading on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doolittle talks about stuff degrading on the ship. Throughout the movie, they talk about various rooms that have exploded. Mm-hmm. So there, it wasn't portrayed very well in this movie. But the the ship was becoming increasingly more claustrophobic. I, to that's think- why they were all sleeping mm-hmm. in the mess hall. Instead of in their individual bunks well, that, is because parts of the ship. Yeah, because the hole in the hall. I think the the better way that demonstrated that so and the one scene in the the sleeping area that was technically their food storage area, um, that was better at showing this than the gun scene, which I wouldn't have kept in the movie either, was when he just pulls out his knife and he starts <laughs> doing, you know, that I'm bored, I'm gonna start chomping at my fingers, let's go. That's such a, like a great and simple way to show that someone's just like, I'm, I'm so bored that I would rather risk physical harm to my fingers than sit here in silence for another minute. Oh, uh, real quick trivia bit. Um, for those of you who have actually seen it uh, in the movie Alien. Yeah. 
uh or actually this was the it was the second alien this aliens uh where they do the knife trick in that that was Mm -hmm. actually put in aliens as an homage (laughs) to that scene in dark star and bill paxton didn't know that was happening to him until right on the spot and he was literally legitimately scared. I would be too. And now countless <laughs> yeah. young teenagers have lost fingers. He was after that scene. I say after that scene, he <laughs> yes. jumped up and started cursing at James Cameron for doing that and everyone else. And they're like, "You didn't think it was funny?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that ego of James Cameron. He just likes to piss people off all the time. And there's <laughs> another edit point for Kevin. Thank you. Why? So why, why edit me? Nah, what what I said now. <laughs> oh my gosh alright um, Kevin keep going with the, the story bro okay um yeah after the shooting laser guns uh, um we get to see the highlight of this movie is the, the beach ball alien let's I, talk about the beach ball alien come on I know someone's got some other I wrote things to down say about on my paper alien. that uh beach ball alien is my new best friend <laughs> <laughs> that is verbatim what I wrote down beach ball alien is my new best friend um it, what a personable little fella. He shouldn't have been in the film. <laughs> personal but I will say this, though. <laughs> given the characterization of Boiler Doolittle and Pinback, or I'm not sure what his real name was, but we'll call Fugue, him Pinback I think? for now. Fogue. Fugue, yeah. Frog or something like that. Of the three of them, it makes perfect sense that Pinback would be the one to have a pet because he's always the one saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, I could fix the hole and we could do this mm-hmm. and the whole scene of the mess hall, he's putting on goofy glasses and holding up a rubber chicken and trying to make jokes. He's trying to make life bearable and the other two are having nothing with it. So I could see him being the one keeping a, a, uh, excuse me. Sorry about that. I could see him being one keeping a pet and, you know, feeding it in that thing. Now the whole thing where the, the thing gets out and he chases it all over the ship and, and, and I, I agree with squid. That was the funniest part of the movie. Like when his legs are hanging out the bottom of the elevator and they're playing that Italian song, Figaro, I, I like Figaro. openly laugh. Yes. I laughed that whole time that at that point I was like, okay, this is the comedy. This, this is what makes we it. We found it. The one funny moment in the film. Um. <laughs> but, but the fact that yeah, that was actually had some charm to it, yeah. but the fact that he has a pet that he's trying to take care of it, you know, and that he's frustrated that nobody else cares. Like he's he's talking to Boiler. He's like, "Well, I guess I gotta go feed it since no one else will." Yeah, that fits in with the rest of the characters. He's trying to make the best that he can, and nobody else cares to. They're like, "You're you're the one with mm-hmm. the pet. You go feed it." Well, I like I think it shows that point <coughs> well. It definitely added to the character. I just didn't think it added anything to the film. We didn't like we I didn't need that. it because yeah. you get that through him joking in the mess hall and then his diary like that was <laughs> great. I thought that was a great scene. Him watching back yeah. his recording. The alien didn't add anything. In fact, it subtracted from the film quite a bit for me. Yeah, it. I don't, I don't believe it added anything to the film. I just think it would. I really thought that would have been the mm-hmm. 20 minutes they added into it along with them sitting. But it wasn't. And I was like, OK, well, when you were gone for I coffee, mean, that's exactly what I said. Wish I okay well, I, I, I really I need wonder, something to keep me awake from that film um, i really wonder if they had had the budget uh because a lot of their budget went to props and stuff like that and whatever else the production company made them do if I, that scene would have been better if they had done but even more than I, just the beach, beach ball, ball didn't subtract for me i didn't care that it was a beach ball i was like this is a charming alien 
this is fine. It was that those scenes, regardless of how good the alien looked, added nothing to the story. It's something that, well, who's that director's name who made the Toxic Avenger? It, the trauma uh, films. Sounds like something he would have what? come up with. It's like, well, let's do it. something weird right here. <laughs> I missed Avenger. that one. I know, I know who you're talking about, and I can't remember his name. Oh, Kaufman. That Jewish guy. What's his name? Andy Kaufman? No, he didn't do Toxic Avenger, did he? Lloyd Kaufman. Something Kaufman. He almost sounds like freaking Mel Brooks. Uh, give me a He's second. Jewish too. I can see his face. I can I'm see hearing a lot of my... words. And none Kaufman. of them are yeah. making sense for me right now. <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman. I'm right through yes. this with. Uh, Sounds like something Lloyd Kaufman would have just came off around the spot. He's like, hey, Carpenter, have you thought of this? Like, who are you? Just trust me. <laughs> Audience would love it. Well, let me ask you this, because the, the aliens, the, the alien really was simply a plot device to get to the, the malfunction of the yes. laser. Yes, How would you have preferred them to make that happen? Let's, let's play our, 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 our fan fiction mindset, remove the alien. How do we get to the, to the malfunction of the laser but they do it in anyway. that manner? That would have helped me realize that parts of the ship was already being um, broken down, destroyed. I would have never known until Mr. John just told me, oh, yeah, that was the, that was part of the, the story plot in the beginning. That parts of the ship was already falling apart and so forth. I would never known that. So I mean, if you all of a sudden like a hot wire, like something fell down, hit the um, switch, and all of a sudden that happens, like, oh, this ship is falling apart. I would have been reminded, like, oh, it's the real thing. If I'm re- well, they easy. talked about beforehand about the fact that like like a wire, uh, because of a bad wire that the had mm. uh, the captain had died, we thought died. They had talked about the fact beforehand that the they lost portions of the ship and that they're the radiation. They could they couldn't get them a new radiation shield. Like there was a lot of conversation beforehand. Granted. Because it is a quiet and really awkwardly paced film, mm-hmm. it's easy to glaze over it. Because I really feel like that's what happened. Like I, re- I, I physically had to go wait a minute and rewind because legitimate portions were just so chilled and slow that I glazed See, over. It was, for a second. it was almost like you were like, watching two movies. Either either movie. Again, like I said earlier, show yeah. don't tell. If you showed me that, it will register in your mind more than the clunky dialogue that was happening between the two that you was like, oh, I glazed over what they were saying because sometimes what they say, they mumble. Me if, sometimes what they say is like, I don't even care. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the asteroid storm is what knocked the plate mm-hmm. off and then it was the monster that actually broke the laser. Is that right? Yeah. Right. yeah. I think yeah. if you'd have just had the asteroid storm actually break the laser. Just as easy. I think that would have achieved the same purpose without needing the alien to run amok throughout the ship. Now, keep in mind, they wanted to make this a comedy. Boy, did they. And so it was supposed to be a part of a... <laughs> like, we all laughed at it. <laughs> now, I would like to... I, I, wanna, I do have a complaint about that whole scene with the alien. Complain away! Go ahead, Mr. Dallas. It yes. was too dark. You couldn't Thank see you. anything. I saw more in Venom than I, I saw in that scene. Mr. Burnham. Bull crap. You saw more in you saw more in this in Venom. With yes, the black no, suit, with the I black droids, with the black seats and streets and v- SUVs that are attacking yes. something. I saw yeah. more in Venom than I crap. saw in this. And, and Bull crap. Now there were some scenes So I got really excited about that what? for a second. <laughs> there were some scenes that were beautifully shot that like I appreciate like it was dark, but they had like a singular light of red or whatnot they added to the tension they added to the the tone of of intensity mm-hmm. and the madness going on but that whole scene like maybe this is the version i was watching i don't know maybe you got some high-res blu-ray uh version on youtube that you were watching but the version i watched dude it was dark i'm sitting I going had no idea it was an elevator is that shaft. a person 
And I had no idea what he was holding. Not a, not a clue. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until like, they came back through that I knew that was an elevator shaft and a board. Like, it, I had to see him dangling out of the elevator to know it was an elevator shaft. Oh, wait, I know you're talking about when he entered that scene. Okay, yeah. now yeah. I know what scene you're talking about. It's, when he entered the elevator shaft so scene. Dark. It was so dark. And that, like, even... Okay, like, that it, just... Wait, we're talking about one scene, not an entire movie. I'm talking about the entirety of the film with Venom I, even, compared to well, this. Here, even, I really even think if you have Venom is issues. darker than this, it doesn't matter. That's a moot point. This film is too dark to tell what's happening in the scene. I don't care if Venom's darker. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> no, I'm just, we're, no, no. We're, we're, I was, we're just talking. I was just um, comparing a scene I towards an entire film. I think this film was too film. dark in a lot of places. I think that film or that scene specifically was definitely too dark and was like illegible. It was like you could you could have taken the scene out. <clears throat> well, miss, I can name some films that are much darker than this right here. Exactly. But I don't care what right other now. films are darker. Um. <laughs> I'm not watching those films. I watched this one. I wish yeah. I was watching those ones. Uh, okay. Hey, John, um, you're being awfully um, quiet. Why? Because we're attacking his favorite no movie. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. No reason. Let's pr- let's, let's continue. I just want to know why you're being so quiet right there because nope. after his elevator shaft and so forth, he sh- at least he shoots the alien yep. and it actually deflates just what we expected to be like a, any other. I didn't laugh at that. Okay, <laughs> so true story. True story. They used a real anesthetic gun for that oh, scene wow. with a <laughs> with a CO two hypodermic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Which is the I wonder. If, I wonder if one of the at that, at that guy up. Uh, um, what's, what was his name? Um, what's his name? Patsy. The one that was upstairs. What was, what was his name? Tabby. Uh, Toby. Toby Hughes, like, no, not my needles! <laughs> terrible. How is this supposed to get high now? I don't think that's, that's how you do terrible. LSD, but... <laughs> he probably was that's so fair. high you wouldn't know. None of us are experts on that <laughs> not right now. Not now, not ever. Hey, I do live in Florida, so I get to learn a thing here and there on the streets. <laughs> the mean streets of Florida. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I... I did. Every household I has their opportunity. We in our, our walkthrough now. <laughs> we were discussing. The we're about to talk about how when Talby is now actually part of this movie because I keep forgetting about the guy upstairs. That's why I kept for, trying to remember his name. But like, once again, oh yeah, that's the, the guy point. is right there that looking at the, the stars. Point. That's the point. That's the line He's that I have written down. He's up there by himself. He's up there by himself the whole yeah, time. Yeah, while he had his conversation, the, the conversation with um whatever the guy's name was about surfing. I was just like, I just want to go surfing. Wish I could just wax the floor. Any, you know, man. Anytime Doolittle talks Doolittle. to anyone, I just get the idea that he's not talking yeah. to someone. Like, I really think Doolittle is Well, I think that's the whole point time. of the film. Like, <laughs> it's just like these these men yeah. aren't um, on a ship with other people. They all sound like that. <laughs> well, here's and here's the thing. Uh that did a good, really good job of demonstrating just how out of how disconnected Talby was with the rest of the crew. Especially when Talby finally comes down to try to fix the laser. Mm-hmm. And during the bomb run, um, despite the fact that the computer said, no, there's a problem. Don't just don't do the bomb. There's a problem with the de- deploy mechanism. And then Talby's like contacting them saying, I need to fix this. Something's going on. And they're like, don't talk to me, bro. And they yeah. just turn click off. Yeah. It's just like, wow. You know, and, and and so there's a disconnect between the crew. And it's just like, you know, I think it was all chiefs, no Indians, uh, so to speak. Like everybody was kind of doing their own thing. And then there was no, it was, yeah, it was just watching the, any, any form of structure or order fall apart due to boredom. Mm-hmm. 
but I guess the bomb wasn't bored because it just came back to life. It was like, hey, I'm still a thing because that's the first two times, you know, tried to do something. Now this is the third time. Was it the third, the third, the third time? It was the it third was, time. It was the third okay. time. Yeah. yeah, there were three times. Because it tried to deploy the first time that the uh, laser ray took that, damage. Because he's like, well, next time I'm doing this for real. I'm not stopping. And you just know as soon as it starts again, you're like, it's not going to stop. He said, he said he's not going back in this time. And then, and then when they, when they realize that they're screwed with the bomb, you know, they go mm-hmm. down and talk to the dead captain. That did, I, a cryogenically frozen, kind of alive, yeah. kind of dead captain. He was only mostly dead. <laughs> they were waiting. Almost for dead. No, he's doing quite better now. He didn't get better. <laughs> that was that was actually an homage to a Philip K. Dick uh, novel. Mm-hmm. I can't see that. So, uh, you know, but yeah, he <laughs> was definitely Ish. dead. Kind of. Mostly dead. I mean, I mean, it is directed by John Carpenter. He always looks mostly <laughs> dead for the past 30 years, right? How long has he been 80? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But I'm I, I kind of felt like Telby was the voice of reason in this movie up until the end. Yeah. At the very end, he kind of lost his way. But see, I saw that as being no. pinned back. I think it was a combination of the two, but for different reasons. Pinback was the eternal optimist of, no, we can really do this. This is going to be okay. We got this. We got this. Talby was the guy that held on to the awe and wonder of where they were. He never lost appreciation for the fact that they were in the stars traveling space, you know, whereas Doolittle didn't care that there was a new dark star. Talby is looking at the stars and is amazed. He's reminiscing about the, the Phoenix asteroid that circles the universe. And, and I also, you know, that like, kind of thing. And not only that, but Pinback's like, well, I could go fix this thing. And Talby's like, this thing's broken. I'm going to fix it. He doesn't. That's true. He doesn't stop was upstairs, to ask. Right? He's like, going to go find where the error is. Cause I just got a readout on my computer that said something's wrong. Going to go fix it. Whereas Pinback's mm-hmm. just like, there's so many things we could do better. I'm going to make a joke right now. <laughs> Pinback may not have had the knowledge to fix anything because he originally was a janitor. He was a f- he Someone was a janitor. I I, I he couldn't. Was a I wouldn't know. Tank moderator. Okay. Oh yeah, that that thing. A fuel it's tank moderator yeah. janitor. <laughs> very important. Uh, uh, the yeah, the, the so real Pinback's underwear was very big on him. Very large. That's some detailed information that you very much well noticed. No, he says it. It is, it is dying. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have know never known. Watch this film. <laughs> How much of the movie did you sleep through? He read the cliff notes. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, if there was cliff notes for it, I think the cliff notes were like, "Don't watch this." They <laughs> <laughs> said, "Like, go to Halloween." I'm trying to remember their names. I, it's like every time I say their names, like, who was their name again? Crap, I can't. I forget. Tolby, Boiler, Pinback, and Doolittle. Well, you only know because you, you like worship. John Carpenter like his films. And Doolittle's name tag was like misspelled. I don't worship this film, but I did remember the names just because they were cemented in my brain. Are you sure it was misspelled? Because people, I mean, I've seen different spellings for different names. And there was I no I between the L and the T. Oh, there wasn't? Okay. I completely I missed that. <laughs> you'd have to, it was you'd have to be real. It wasn't Doolittle. It was Doolittle. You know? I, mm-hmm. I think my... Uh, you have some good glasses. I need to get those kind of eye doctor you have. I think my... Dallas has some awesome glasses, his sexy boy glasses that he refuses to wear. Pardon? Why are you wearing boy glasses? You know what? Don't even answer that. I don't want to know. 
Um, <laughs> Tom's not happening saying? on this podcast anymore. Where are, I feel like we're as lost as this movie felt. Yeah. What was he questioning? The bomb and all this other yeah, stuff. It's the, just the, lost the dead, stuff happens. The dead captain tells. I, I'm doing this by memory now. The dead captain tells uh, <laughs> Doolittle to go down and talk to the bomb. Um, and basically tries to put, he goes down in a spacesuit and tries to put the bomb in an existential crisis. Teach him pneumonology. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is funny because uh, the whole crew is going through something similar. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. And he's essentially telling Doolittle, put the bomb in the same state of mind that the rest of you are in. What I find to be amusing is that when he goes down there to do that is the most animated we see Doolittle throughout the whole entire That's movie. True. That's true. That's true. I, well, I think it's also just a reflection of him uh, asking himself those questions because he's just there and he's like, yes, what do I know is real? Nothing. Exactly. He, he's talking out his his own existential you know what crisis that scene reminded me of that. I'm sure most of you guys What's have that? seen the end of WandaVision. Yes, I've never seen. WandaVision. Yes, I totally get <laughs> yeah, that. Like just that, that discussion vision versus vision, yeah, that discussion. I was like, I see what's happening. Is it truly his ship anymore? <laughs> indeed <laughs> and that's when the bomb yes that is when the bomb assumes godhood which is also oh, what i wrote down um <laughs> a lot of questions about well, that so then Doolittle tries to get back on the ship through the airlock but it ends up blowing blasting that's really out familiar in space. okay that part made me chuckle that part made me chuckle when he shot him <laughs> out yep. <laughs> i know what that's like and it's not fun um i I've been shot out. Yeah, that's how I got here. There needs to be a. If somebody did a riff tracks of it, there would so be something going. (laughs) I wanted to see evil Jeff Bezos at that part. (laughs) Get that man. (laughs) We need more of these guys. Um, and then of course, uh, Doolittle goes after Talby. So he's after, and after he's uh, thoroughly, after they're both thoroughly away from the ship. The bomb decides that he's God and says, let there be light and then explodes, which I thought was a brilliant line to do right before the explosion, right before the explosion. Okay. Yeah. I will give, that was a good line to say before the bomb. It reminded me a lot of the 2001 space odyssey. It reminded me so much of that along with Stanley Kubrick's other film. Oh, I love the stop worrying. Love Mm -hmm. Um, what he's got like a lot of films, but those two films, in collaboration, remind see, me. Oh, that one. that part so, bothered me. I find it interesting that it didn't bother you. N- yeah, what, not, you, not you, Kevin. I don't what? know what bothers you. I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> 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 that part felt so wrong to me. Yeah, I really? I hate when that is a thing that sci-fi movies do. I hate when it's it's a thing that any movies do. But anytime they paint a character into becoming God, don't like it. Not a fan. Well, it blew up, so I guess it wasn't God. Well, I, I, it, it was more. It was less him thinking oh. he's God and more him. It was and his no. It was not crisis. an like, existential I'm... crisis at that point. It was I am God and I will determine the fate. Well, to be fair, it was it was a the he'd been brought to the point where he went is anything real? Right. The only thing that is real is myself. Therefore, I create because I am the only thing. Right. That is real. I don't think it's that he made himself God. I think it's that, uh, but it I is. can't verify if anything outside of me is real. I'm the only thing that exists, which is, and I was designed to blow up. Is, so I'm going to blow you know, up the theological ideal of if I'm the only one that's real, I'm God because I am the master of life. <laughs> Cause I am all that matters. And uh, you're yeah. stepping on my weak connection. Just, just, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait. It was one that bothered me so much. <laughs> 
I think I think it was the one thing that actually I I appreciated the most in this movie was that end part right there. And it's, it's other like, than him surfing was like I finally find this part. I can surf one more time until my death, like Silver okay. Surfer. Hang on, we're we're getting we're getting to that. We're getting to that. It's just I, I'm amused at how split we are over that one thing. I, I, and I did not expect that to be the, the, I have the a point lot of, of division, division about this here. movie. I think if they had if they had made the entire <laughs> film towards that point, I would have been okay with. It. Mm-hmm. I would have been fine, but mm. the fact that it was just thrown in there at the end, it felt cheap, and I didn't like it. Because that okay. wasn't what the movie was, because it was funny laughs in an elevator with an alien. To be fair, like this this brought up all kinds of like basic college yes. philosophy yes, it was. conversations. Like all was missing was the allegory of the cave, yeah. and we would have had a solid movie uh, yeah. from, based in college. <laughs> That's all that was missing. So I I can't fault them for doing I that. Can. Because to be honest, these I are can, Dallas and I did. students. Dallas. This is the most interesting thing they can do. Dallas, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Yeah. The entire movie was the, was an allegory for the cave. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. What cave we're talking about? Are you familiar with uh, Pluto's uh, story of the allegory Plato, of the cave? Plato. No. Maybe Pluto. Pluto. Sorry. Pluto, no. Pluto Pluto's a planet a as well. A kind of. Allegedly. Pluto is a planet. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Pluto also was the Greek god of... Pluto was also the Greek god of death. Mm-hmm. No, the Roman god of death. Yeah. So Plato... Uh, not by playmate. Um, he has this story about two people that are in a cave and they're chained up and all they see is the wall in front of them and the shadows on the wall and their entire existence. All they know are the shadows, the shadows feed them, the shadows provide for them. They are in this cave. That's all they know. One day their chains are loosed and one man gets up to walk out of the cave and he's like, Hey, there's something here. The other man though, all he has ever known was the cave. And he will not. He refuses to get up and leave because this is all he knows. And mm-hmm. so that's that's the allegory of the cave of you know if all you know is one thing, is it real or is it just the shadows on a wall? And are you willing to turn and look to see what those shadows are? So it, it, it's it's taught basically in every like basic philosophy dash first year of college English class. Hmm. <clears throat> so I guess not mine. <laughs> well, you're probably just yeah. too sophisticated for the rest of us. Yeah, as the bomb, true. as the bomb blows up, it sends Talby and Doolittle in opposite directions. Talby ends up in Phoenix the asteroid. Uh, Phoenix asteroids uh, to go circle space forever, and Doolittle ends finds a piece of space debris as he's falling towards the planet and surfs it down. And I, I personally think that's poetic because the two of them got to got to end their life on the note doing the thing they most wanted to do. Yeah. So I appreciated that. I mean, when it happened, I, I did pause to think, what about the other two guys? Was there anything about their death that was uh, warranted about it? And I really, they're like, they didn't really express how they wanted to go <laughs> or what they really enjoyed. Although I did point out the fact that they seemed to be the two most self-centered individuals who died in the blast. Whereas the other two guys, they seemed out there like the one guy who's like, look, man, I just I want to go home. And the other one was uh, I just want to be with the stars. I think Doolittle was the and most so self-centered. They, they were they were, they were all self-centered. They were they were all self-centered. But I think Doolittle was the most self-absorbed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They spent more time looking into the humanity of Doolittle than Boy- yeah, Boiler the was one. just kind of. Yeah, Boiler there. didn't exist. Boiler didn't need to be in the yeah. film. Like <laughs> they look they looked more into Pinback's humanity, <clears throat> I think, than the Doolittle's. I think that he was so double-minded, though. 
Like he, like I don't know if it's the insanity or if he was just a double-minded individual as a whole. But he uh, he flopped back and forth so much that, and they played that even in the tape that they showed his diary. Like it was like one moment he's like all serious, and then he's like not, and then he's like blaming everybody else for everything. Yeah, I I find that interesting that he lost his identity too. Like he eventually adopted. Mm-hmm. The identity of Pinbeck. It's like he forgot that he was someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like they had they like you said, Dallas, like they had all those philosophical topics from their first college class and they just shoved them all in the film. Yeah. And the end result was that they had a really not <laughs> you know, good movie with all of these topics in it. <laughs> it, it, it was like yeah. more like first semester, all the other classes, and then they had all their yeah, media exactly. classes they focused on after. Like that. if they'd picked one or two. I think they could have had a great movie. One of the directors, he's quoted as saying that we had probably one of the best student films ever, but ended up with the most uh, disappointing professional film ever. I can see that. Yeah. That's what one of the directors was said. And like this was said, I would love to see the original 45 minute cut. Mm -hmm. I think that that would make it better for me. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. This movie was just boring. I could think of right now. I could list you six things I find more exciting in this movie. Talking to me. Her, her, her six her things I found more exciting in this movie. Um, Paraplegia is going to 100 meter dash at the Olympics. A carrot top stand up <laughs> comedy. Um, the Kenny Stone <laughs> removal operation. That's more exciting. I can, watch, this, and I can watch OJ Simpson's car chase a thousand times. That's more exciting than this chase? one. Yes, ma'am. I've it was a major televised for event. A while. Um, it was, it was oh, in 1991. Oh. Maybe 92. Watching the climate change in Antarctica, that's more exciting than watching this. And so is watching a Gap model actually eat a full meal and, not, and keep it down. That's more exciting than this movie. Oh, no. Kevin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's my top six things more exciting than this Steve movie. Martin. Funny, but wrong. <laughs> uh, but I would agree. Uh. To quote Sam from... Uh... From uh, Winter Soldier and our Falcon Winter Soldier, exactly. he's on line, but he's right. <laughs> there, there were things that I wanted to appreciate about this movie because I saw those deep philosophical questions being asked. I just didn't get the pay out from any of them. See, I, I feel like there was a payoff. Maybe I was too invested into the story, but I feel like I'm sorry. What I, story? I mean, I, the story about how lost you get when you were disconnected when you're separated from from well we're, again we're getting into my weak connection so well that's so here's here's my challenges <laughs> was that actually the story of the film or is that the meaning you're attaching to the film because i think they're different and i do think we we bring our meaning to I our believe... film and that is part of it but i think this film is very weak at giving I... you that meaning <laughs> i believe that you know, it's subjective. What meaning you you heard it here first? John thinks meaning is, is subjective. <laughs> when it comes no. to art, yes, false. <laughs> disagree. You can disagree all you want; it doesn't matter because it's that subjective. Does, that does bring in an interesting conversation. I remember having uh, talking with Nathan from Monster Island Film Vault about how we interpret films and how and how things are interpreted. And there is a school of thought where. You know, there's the, mm-hmm. this is what the director meant. This is what it means. But then there's another school of thought that's out there that is, I don't think John means it this way, but it's a, I don't care what the director thought he was meaning. Right. This is what it means to me. And that's what it means for everybody. And it's the idea of the perceived uh, meaning as opposed to the actual meaning. 
uh, which that that goes into a flurry of other conversations about yeah. context and and application. Here's one: ask John Carpenter to actually do a commentary in this film, and he will refuse. Really? Yep. Kevin asked him. He said no. <laughs> he refuses to do a commentary in this film. He'll do it for all of his other films, even The Ward. He will not Dude, do it. For why are you bashing on the ward so bad? Because it sucked and it broke his career. And he's like, I can't do film anymore. I'm done. No, no. Okay. Tell me what's no. his other film after the ward. He just, because he hasn't done another film doesn't mean did, he's like, Oh, my listen to his commentary. On the ward. Come before listen to his commentary. Ward. He's like, I'm done. I just need to, know. I'm done with Hollywood and politics. And he stopped right then. Where the Charlie Brown short comes. Huh? Have you watched what? the Charlie what Brown short? About? The John Carpenter. I'm pretty sure he directed Which one? It for Funny or Die. It's the only other John Carpenter thing I saw, and I watched it today. It's it's the entire I'm cast of Teen out. Wolf. I'll check it out. Reenacting Charlie Brown's uh, Great Pumpkin. Wait, Michael J. Fox is in there? The, you said the no, entire no, cast no. of Teen the Wolf. New Michael Wolf. J. Fox is like in the new the new MTV show. There was Teen a TV Wolf. show. Let's, let's so get are into we, our are rating. We, like, are we, do we want to put what the rating on this, what we think, or we put this on the shelf? So we just I was going to say, we need to, we need to get into this. I'm going to start off today. Uh, my my rating is this film. Um, well, first off, uh, Branson, can you define our ratings for us? Sure thing. They are. Okay. Uh, if I get this wrong, feel free to step in and correct me. Our ratings are. You got it wrong. Let me step in. Oh, wait. <laughs> thank you john thank you i want to step to the side of it i don't want to go over it <laughs> our ratings are first and foremost we have the top shelf top shelf means we have no idea why this movie was listed as a bad movie we think it's great we think it's wonderful we think everyone should see it then we have the middle shelf middle shelf is we understand why some people would think it's a bad movie but we ourselves enjoyed it saw value in it and you know if it were on we'd watch it again or we would show it to other people bottom shelf is no it's a bad movie it was you know it it was it was it was really bad uh we might can understand why certain people might enjoy it but we did not and then there's dumpster fire which says this should not be seen by anything remotely resembling human ever that's fair that's fair all right so for me Taking into account this was a student film, which I appreciate. Taking into account that this was it, it was a starting point for careers, and it was influenced behind like Alien and other things. Um, and taking into account that this, they were a victim of big productions messing them over, making them do reshoots. I'm gonna put this on the bottom shelf. Like I understand why some people like it. I understand why some people are like, you know, they have an attachment to this. Um, I will never watch this movie again willfully. Um, you may have to strap me to a chair and s- take my eyes open like Clockwork Orange to watch it again. Um, but that's about the only way it's going to happen. It's just not something I-, I will want to pop in and watch again. So I'm putting it on the bottom shelf. Branson, what do you think? Um, given everything, I can understand why some people wouldn't like it. Uh, and... and- knowing what to expect or having preconceived expectations walking into it will hurt your view of the movie. But like I said, when I kind of stopped having expectations about it and just kind of rode with it for the sake of what it was, I, I got some of the messages it was trying to portray and retroactively looking back on the scenes beforehand, I understood why they did certain things. I might've 
stylistically done them differently. I might've written the story different, but I get why he did what he did. So I'm going to put this on the middle shelf. Um, I don't know that I would go back and watch it just for the fun of it. I feel like I would need like a specific reason to go back and watch it, but, but given a specific reason, like if, if I wanted to, to look for plot elements or, or look into things, um, I, I think there's a lot to be enjoyed about it in the proper context. So I'm going to give it a, a solid middle shelf. Okay. I want to put this out there before we continue on to the next one. I, I appreciate Branson's point of view here because Branson's coming from a different view than, than the uh, rest of us. Branson's a, a, a published author and he writes stories and stuff like that. And so he's coming Squid. from a point of view as a, Squid as a writer, is a published author as well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so, Squid also here is a published author, and so she's going to bring her own perspective on things. Um, Kevin is a reviewer. He's a film fanatic. He has has a history of film and analyzing film. And then John here, who was going to give his review here in a second, John is a storyteller. Not necessarily, he hasn't written anything necessarily, but he's a, a prolific storyteller. I love John Carpenter, so you can't listen to his review on this. <laughs> and loves John Carpenter. So there, there is a lens there, but I appreciate the... I appreciate the the, the different point of views here. I'm none of the above. I, um, if I'm telling stories, I'm lying. I guess I don't know, but Dallas is uh, just here. Uh. <laughs> but I'm just here. Hi guys, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's interesting to me seeing how you guys are pulling out your different views on this film because this is a this is a the, John Carpenter is a storyteller at heart, and he's a great one. And so I thought it was interesting that Branson brought up the fact that he's like, I would have written it differently. Like he's bringing his own point of view of it. So I thought I just want to point that out there. John. Okay. Um, I can appreciate, I, I knew this was going to be a hard sell when I put it on the list. Um, there's a lot of existential ideas that are being tossed around throughout this movie. Um, and some people would see it as pretentious crap. And I get that. I was that person for a while until I had enough time to digest it. Um, so I know it's not for everybody. However, from my perspective, I enjoyed it. I think it fits into, uh, the dark comedy scope. And I, I, I look at it as a slice, just a slice of life in these individuals. Like it, there's not a hard narrative in it. I, I grant that it just, it's just like, this is what this time period looks like for these three, these four individuals. (laughs) And uh, you're kind of trying to piece together how they got there. Um, And so, like, I went a completely different cerebral way with it. And, you know, like I said, I extrapolated my my own meaning out of it, which I found edified the movie immensely. Now, is it the meaning that Carpenter and O'Bannon meant when they wrote this movie? I don't know but I know it's what I got out of it and it's because I got that out of it. That's why I enjoyed it. So uh, for that reason, I'm putting it on the middle shelf because I enjoyed it and I got you guys to watch it. So I fit all those characteristics. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You pointed out that it was a slice of life. I don't think I, in my brain, I put that in there. It's not changing my rating, but the fact that it's, it's a slice of life mm-hmm. film that does put a little bit of a different perspective on it. Does, does it. All right, squid. Tell it's your top shelf for you, right, Squid? Cool. All right, Kevin, your turn. No, uh, <laughs> Squid. <laughs> see, I can echo many of the things John said. Uh, it was I love pretentious films. I am the person that wants to watch films that just talk about 
existential topics for two and a half hours and then you finish the movie and you go what did they mean oh what huh i love that and i i think i can i think i can tell maybe that john carpenter's a good storyteller but it's hard to tell from this movie uh because i think that he hadn't honed his craft yet so it's it's Mm. you can see just the twinkling of a beginning in this movie Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's, it, I'm not upset that I watched it, but if I turned my TV on and it was on, I wouldn't stay on that channel. So I, like, I, it was fine. <laughs> I watched it. I wrote down some points. I enjoyed the topics they brought to it, but I would not suggest it to most people because I could probably name five other films that talk about the same topics, but do it better. And maybe some of them would even be John Carpenter if I watched them in his later years, but not this one. So it's going on the bottom shelf for me. All right. All right. Mr. Kevin. The tiebreaker. Oh, yeah. Um, we're just, I'm just on the fire. I don't care. I'm not philosophical. I'm not going to be pretentious. Pretentious people are people who are like sticks up their butts. I don't care about that. This movie's stupid, <laughs> dumb. I don't like it. It could be a waste of time. You could throw it in the back and it's like, hey, what was that? I don't know. It was something. Okay, bye. Trash. Throw it in fire. Intense. Is that your final rating? Yep. Dumpster fire? Yeah. All right. Wasting my time, I could did other things in my life. And what watch what this. would you have done? <laughs> I would have slept. It wasn't those two, two hours. hours. It was an hour and fifteen minutes. You would have so gone. Calm down. You would have gone to public. Slept an hour. Would've I would have slept for an hour and thirty minutes. I think it was. <laughs> All right. So par our tradition. Whenever we have, um, Eric was out. We we can't. Well, there's say five of styles. us and two two put in the middle. So I guess it's middle. Right. Well, it's, there are two There's middles two middle, and two, two bottom shelves and one dumpster. So, so I think that skews no it towards the bottom shelf. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's happening is uh, we're gonna make a poll in the Devoted Geek Life Facebook group, and uh, we're gonna let them fight it out. And... Let's see if they even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to invite John, Kevin, and Squid. To post why they think in the devoted geek life on the comment section why it should be worth a cent. Oh my god, be. I'm going to spend more time talking about this stupid. Yeah, film. you are. <laughs> but I'm going to invite Jesus you guys to, make, to do that to make your case in the comment section of that poll, and then at the end of this film of this podcast, we'll have Glicks come back and tell us uh, the final rating coming out of the devoted geek life. So that is the plan. Uh, Kevin is having a, an aneurysm right now. You could throw uh, a sledgehammer on my head right now and be like, like oh, God, thank you for doing this. I am just like already writing up the outline for the essay I'm going <laughs> to write about this audit, film. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's so easy. Gonna... Do not watch. Boom. Easy. Done. There you go. So there we go. All right. So uh, that is the where we're at. So let's go into our next section, Mr. John. This is a weak connection. I still can't right. believe that's Matt. That is Matt, Matt Marino. So I don't know what else to tell it's you. It's him. <laughs> um, you should come hang out more. <laughs> that is, that is, the man has been one of the biggest influences in my life over the years. Um, anyways, welcome to Weak Connections portion where we uh, draw a weak connection, uh, spiritual connection between the film and uh, life and uh, in a way that's encouraging and not so existential crisis-like. Um, well, I am going to ask that everyone here not do anything involving the allegory of the cave because we've all are we're all older than twenty one. So, <laughs> um, I'll give you mine. Anyone... I have no weak connection. 
there. Done. You got no connection. Okay. Kevin's Branson? like noping out for the rest of the episode. He's I know, just... right? Branson, you, you we, you've almost spoiled yours a couple times, so let's go ahead and have yours first. All right. right. The entire message of the movie for me was when you get disconnected from your purpose, things fall apart. I see that in Doolittle. He's all he cares about is getting back to his board. He he's been disconnected from his purpose. Uh, Pinbeck completely forgets who he is. He's disconnected from his purpose. Uh, Boiler, like we said before, he was just kind of there. Talby stays closest connected to his purpose because he stays up in the bubble and, and views the beauty of the stars. As as Squid pointed out earlier, when there was a problem, he actually went to fix it. Like he still grounded it in, in some sense of reality and. That reminds me of this whole concept that we see it in scripture. We see it in real life. When we get disconnected from our purpose, when we forget why we were made and what purpose we have, things start to fall apart. We see it even with the bomb. The bomb forgets his purpose when his entire existence is questioned and he just goes, okay, I'm just going to blow myself up now. Having a purpose is, is, is key. Having a purpose is necessary. And the only person who can design our, who can give us our purpose is the God that made us. So we have to to look to him to have that purpose. And so long as we stay connected with that purpose, so long as we hold on to it, we don't spiral down into the hopelessness that we saw in the crew. We saw that with Talby. He stayed in that bubble. He wouldn't associate with the crew. He wanted to keep looking at the stars. He held on to that purpose. And so as a result, he wanted to fix things. Uh, you know, the bomb lost sense of his purpose. And so he just blew it up, you know? So I think that's the key is, is going back to our maker, going back to our creator and, and constantly ask, asking, remind me of my purpose, remind me of why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And if we can hold on to that, that keeps us from spiraling into meaninglessness. I like it. Good one. Good. Uh, it's good. You got one week, much like myself, much like me. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Uh, I, I think, well, I wrote down one of my favorite quotes, which was, I I think it was when they were enjoying a meal together. And I say enjoying lightly. Um, so very similar to last week when I was talking about (laughs) meals and community, uh, as, uh, one of them goes, what's Talby's first name? And then he pauses and goes, what's my first name? And it's just kind of this like disconnect from community. And I, I, this may become very apparent because I've now talked about it twice, but community is very important and we should pay attention to the people around us. <laughs> Take time to or, learn people amen. in your community. Listen to their stories, even if you don't want to. <laughs> very important. <laughs> uh, so that's right? my very, very weak connection. And it's all I got because it's about all I could handle logically to draw out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like it. So, John, you got some, brother? I do. It was originally what I was going to use for the last movie, but I felt that it connected more to this one. So, but I found a biblical connection to the theme of this movie in Ecclesiastes chapter one. Anybody familiar with that? <laughs> Meaningless. <laughs> uh, these are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. 
What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets, and hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and turns to the north. Everything around it goes blowing in circles. The rivers run to the sea, and the seas are never full. The water returns again, and the river flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see... We are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely can repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing is new under the sun. Sometimes people say here is something new, like a star, but it is actually old. Nothing is ever truly new. We do not remember that what happened in the past and the future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. That's just up to up through verse 11. Mm-hmm. it's amazing how many times you said meaningless you described it with this film but yet you put it in the middle shelf that's yes. absolutely brilliant that's something that i expect someone from the bottom shelf will do <laughs> i don't know what's happening kevin hates me it's just what it comes down to well you you guys had two weeks of agreeing so now it's time for two podcasts of disagreeing that's what it boils down to <laughs> two podcasts um oh oh <laughs> what Okay. What do you, Kevin's re- remembering. No, no. Mm-hmm. I think he's assuming that I gave a positive review to Velocipaster because mm. he wasn't here for that. True. No, something else. Okay. What? I I'm so ask. confused. So here's my my weak connection, and it 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 kind of build, building off of Squid stuff about community aspect of things. Um, even though there are there are four guys, five guys Love really, um, on the ship, <laughs> not a burger between them. Uh, <laughs> um, there was no community they weren't paying attention to each other they weren't helping each other and even beyond that there's such a small community that's isolated like these guys have been isolated for I got lost in the conversation either they've been lost for 20 years or for 3 years I'm not really sure how like hyperspace works for them but anyways um, they were disconnected from everybody from everything and that's a real danger for to be in a small community disconnected from a larger community being disconnected from from people there's a lot of people right now that have been very isolated within their central family unit and that's it due to current health crisis issues and uh you know for those of you who are listening to this podcast for whatever reason the year 2030 hopefully covid is not a thing for you anymore uh but a lot of people have been isolated for a long time and that isolation has not been healthy for them there is a lack of a greater community and um at the the five of us here we're all christians and we understand you know the church community is an important thing we need to be part of that we need to be part of even our local community even those who maybe disagree with us that kind of rub us the wrong way um um even outside of a podcast (laughs) but people that can challenge us and help us to think through some stuff we need that period otherwise we do become self-absorbed we do start to lose track of what's important we lose track of our actual identity and we can be in a very, very dark place. All these guys were in really of a dark place because they were starting to go insane from their isolation. And that can happen to a lot of people. If we're not careful uh, to watch each other, that can happen to our own communities that we're in right now. So that's my weak connection. Because in space, no one can't hear you blow up a planet. <laughs> or two. In space, no one can eat ice cream. But we cream. have tacos. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, why are you not a father yet and you make all these dad jokes 
He's got a youth group. It's close enough. I, sir, I, uh, I guess was, it's close enough. I was quoting the tagline from uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Such a beautiful film. Oh, God. <laughs> you good, Kevin? You'll never look at cotton candy the same. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, before Glix comes in with our final rating, uh, we're going to, to sign off. Um, that sounds good. So what's the next movie? Okay. Um, for the next episode, I, I found this other movie on top of this rubbish bin. Oh, God, why am I doing Say this? It. I don't want to. It's Leprechaun, okay? It's Leprechaun. All right? Are you happy? Are you freaking happy? It's Leprechaun. I am so happy right now. I think you threw this inside here on purpose. There is no way this made inside here unless you threw it inside purposely. Are you saying it's a top shelf film? Who? What? I don't even. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Why is this? Here? All right. So we're doing Leprechaun next. So, um, this squid, is the one with Warwick Davis. This you... is supposed to be a horror. Oh, uh, <laughs> before you launch back into space, where can people find oh, you? Oh, well, um, still my house, usually just with proper warning, would be mostly preferred. Um, or, or I will cry. Um, I am. <laughs> Why don't you just tell That's, us the address? Yeah, um, it's just more <laughs> fun know. if I make you guess, you know, <laughs> more fun for my neighbors, too. Um, Otherwise, I can be found on Playing Games with Strangers. Uh, I am on Supersonic Pod Comics. I will probably be in about 16 other podcasts soon because I have no self-control. Um, uh, yeah. This is why you're friends with John. Oh, wait, I, you're that voice I am, for the podcast. I am that, that John voice goes that podcast that John goes to. All from of all them. 12 of them. I know. It's amazing. I'm very versatile. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'm on a couple other things, but I forget. So, okay, <laughs> that's good. Kevin, the Dapper Man, where can people find you? They can find me listening to this podcast if they want to. If they, they are still listening, yeah, that's a thing. By the way, thank you, Squid, for coming. Oh, it's been a joy. I'm glad you got me out of space. It was scary out there. Um, yeah, John has those yeah. types of connections somehow. Um, <laughs> If you wish to find me on the interwebs and several else on social media, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook as the Dapper Man and sometimes on Instagram. And you can also find me on written reviews on Letterboxd if you don't want to hear my voice. Now, we do want to point out the fact that it's Dapper with two Ps. Yeah, the Dapper Man and not Kevin Joshua Byrne because you'd be like, I'm looking for this guy. Just look at this <laughs> ugly, ugly white guy. Who is this? <laughs> Kevin. I'm going to say the same thing to you that I said to uh, my buddy Dave. He's you, sir, don't you insult Dave that you way. Sir, <laughs> you, sir, are a very handsome gentleman. And I I'd say downright dapper, if you asked me. Um, yeah, I appreciate you too, John. Oh, see, he didn't Even say you appreciated me, movie, but, but I appreciate fine. you. I don't need the... Right? I appreciate everyone in this on this. Okay, well, it episode. doesn't. A lovely young squid has said this. You're, you're dapper. I mean, I, I appreciate everyone that had to suffer through the last. It doesn't. It doesn't really mean the same if I have to too. ask for the appreciation. But well, it's kind of like you know, it's is not. it really a film or not? <laughs> Branson, where can people? It's find an experience. You? <laughs> I am a uh, 
I have a section of Calm Talk that I do called Bees Views and Reviews, where I review faith-based, family-friendly comics and the creators that make them. You can reach me at branson.boykin at gmail.com. Send me your recommendations. If you've got a faith-based and or family-friendly comic that you want me to review, whether it's one that you like or one that you've written or one that you just want to promote, and uh, I'll do a show on it. Also, you can send recommendations through the Geek Devotion social media. I'm pretty much present there all the time. So, I got one I want you to review. Oh, yeah? What's that? V for Vendetta. That's neither faith-based nor family-friendly. Is it? Wait, it's not? No. Oh, I mean, I know that family-friendly. I thought it would be faith-based because it has a lot of faith topics. Oh, wait, second one, Iron Fist. I want you to review Iron Fist. All right. Pistol Fist. Pistol, that's Pistol, Pistol, Pistol Fist. Pistol Fist. I actually interviewed uh, yeah. J.S., when he had his uh, Kickstarter going, but once it officially comes out, I would love to do a review show for it. I will. I will take that in. Uh, yes. JS would love to talk to you, Branson. If you want to have somebody on the show with you, I am available. I have the original run signed by JS. Oh, I think that's going to be a thing. We gonna do that. We gonna do that. Ooh. I should be down there in Tampa talking to him in a week or two. Do awesome. Do a podcast with him, John. Pick one thing to promote. <laughs> Not. Playing games with strangers, something else other than that. Mine went blank. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Because there's other things you can promote to, you know, Your throw band. yourself out there in other fields. Other yeah, podcasts. the band. Putting the band back together. You can just promote uh, the you know, I'm on. All right. On a mission from God. Come on, man. I know what I'll promote. Hang on. <laughs> John Haryu, Steve MacDonald, Music Theory, Interviews, Music Theology, Primitive Rhythm Machine. Another part, another section of the Calm Talk podcast universe. Yes. You That's a check cool out. intro. I like that. It's a good one. You want yeah. to check out Primitive Rhythm Machine? Look for Calm Talk by Geek Devotions on your favorite podcast catchers. So I'm Dallas. You can find me at geekdevotions.com and all other social platforms with Geek Devotions. Uh, where you do see John, you see Branson, you'll see Kevin from time to time even. Looking all dapper. Eventually, we'll have Squid on there more often also. Uh, so um, that being said, we want to invite you guys to please check out more of The Bottom Shelf on Facebook and Instagram. Look for the bottom shelf podcast where you'll find uh, our reviews. You'll find a world of magical memes done by our very own Dapper man, uh, because the Dapper man is the meme master. Um, so that's a thing. <laughs> that mm. being said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week, two weeks and uh, stick around for our final rating from Glitz. <laughs> <laughs>